This is Prayer Room Companion, episode 54, recorded May 24th, 2011. Father's Day. Welcome to This Week in Prayer Room Companion. I'm your host, Dr. Chris Bergwald. And I'm Father Andrew Dickinson. And Father, we are here the week of diaconal ordinations for the Diocese of Falls. So I thought it might be interesting just to mm-hmm. t- for you to talk, uh, give you an opportunity rather to talk a little bit about your own experience having been ordained to a deacon, to a deacon, as a deacon. Yes, I believe that as would be the uh, preposition. Uh, yeah. Is that a part of it? No, no, no. To and as. Okay. And and as a priest or to the priesthood. That's where I was going before. I, I'd have to say that I'm a little thrown off. We're jumping right into the topic without any witty banter about the weather. Yeah, but you're here in front of me. We're live. Well, we're, not, we're always. Are we live? Are we are we ba-boom, 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 ba-boom. Um, We're recording in the same room, uh, so I can't ask you how the weather is in Brookings because you're not in Brookings. But I was in Brookings before I came down here, so I knew. How was the weather in Brookings, Father, before yeah, you came down here? Nothing really to talk about. Nothing really to talk yeah. about. So we're working the witty banter in, dear listeners. Please stick with us. Hi, Father. Hi, Dr. Bergwon. How are you? Good, thank you. Excellent. So I thought it might be neat to talk a little bit about just you, the experience of you as an ordinandi, as a man who went through that and, and, and impressions or what struck you in a particular way. Um, so if memory serves, actually, well, just remind us because it doesn't matter what I remember. Who ordained you as a deacon? Uh, I was ordained a deacon by who is now Archbishop Robert Carlson. He was then Bishop Robert Carlson. And formerly of our diocese at that point, I was ordained a deacon June second, two thousand and five. When he was our administrator. When he no, he was not our administrator. Uh, from the very beginning, uh, Bishop Samuel Quillo was our from apostolic administrator. Yes, yes, yes. Abenizio, uh, from the interregnum, just to see how many wow. catchphrases I can throw in there. But uh, because Bishop Carlson already had, I believe, in his planner in his time, and I think also maybe in some ways wanting to come back uh, one last time. Uh, Yes, and so that would have been June second, two thousand and five. So, and then you were ordained to the priesthood then by Bishop Aquila. By Bishop Samuel Aquila as your apostolic administrator, June second, two thousand and six. June second, both of them did. Yes, really. Saints Peter and Marcellinus. Just a, a year, so you're coming up on uh, five years for the priesthood. Yes, sir. In a Good weeks. math. Thank you. Wow, I was U of M engineering degree. I, I, well, not the degree, uh, <laughs> okay. but I had five quarters of calculus. So Ooh, uh, it's, it took you that long. Uh, <laughs> wow. How was it? Never mind. Uh, anyway, I only, I only had two semesters of calculus and then a third of differential equations. I had that too. Okay. And okay, what are we talking about this for? Anyway, because <laughs> it's part of my path to the priesthood. <laughs> so, so. Thinking back to when you were ordained as a deacon, um, it, well, just, I mean, anything that, I would just want to give you an opportunity to talk, because I know you like to talk. So anything that sticks out in terms of, of your, the ordination mess leading up to it, expectations in the moment, et cetera. After your comment about me liking to talk, I was just, talk, I was just tempted to leave our listeners with maybe 10 seconds of dead air. Yeah, but I can have Bill edit that out. So uh, I have the power. Editing. Um, (laughs) where the real magic of the movies comes from (laughs) nip and tuck Um, so uh, I you know honestly I'm just thinking right now uh, I don't remember a whole lot about my uh, ordination to the Akin I really don't Uh, I remember that I had uh, Father John Fisher my pastor at the time at Sacred Heart in Yankton invest me Uh, which was very nice. He was been he was very supportive of me in my uh, diaconate or my seminary years. Uh, it was actually because he was my pastor all six of my years in the seminary. 
Um, I don't remember much of anything about Bishop Carlson's homily. I don't remember anything about it at all. I really don't. Um, do you, and, and we can come back to details later, do you remember the ho- Bishop Coelho's homily from your I priest? do, but we'll okay. go to that okay. moment. Okay. Right. I, actually, I, I do have a good story there. <clears throat> okay. okay. And so, uh, I, one of the big things I know for my own self, just preparing for it, like the month beforehand, as more, before Di- diaconate, okay. I just kind of woke up every morning. I was like, all right, you're about to make lifelong vows uh, lifelong mm. promises, not vows technically for the canon lawyers that might be listening. Lifelong promises of uh, celibacy and obedience. You know, do, do you really mean to be doing that? Right. You know, is that what you really want to do? And okay, yes. Okay, then go through your day. Um, but just kind of just making like a little constant check on myself, Ooh. if you will, in that way, just to make sure that I was intentional about what I was doing. That I wasn't just walking into this um, in some ways that... Um, and part of that actually was uh, before you, you have to petition uh, your bishop to be admitted to holy orders. Right. Um, so you have to write him a letter. It's in canon law. And uh, you have to handwrite it as well and sign it. And like they give us like a little, so this is what you're kind of saying. You just write it in your own words. And so doing that, and I was like, wow, that just kind of makes it pretty real. And that's. Now, is that, is that to candidacy or is that something, is this something else? Different, something else. Okay. Uh, okay. I believe it was. So this is for candidacy, but then I thought this was for... uh, Just before ordination. mm -hmm. Okay. Okay. Because I remember even being ordained a deacon, it says, I understand that this, um, that the church has no obligation to provide for me in any way when you're being ordained a deacon. The church has no obligation to provide for you in any way. Whereas you're ordained a priest and the church takes on certain obligations to provide for you. Interesting. And so uh, there's that difference in that way. Um, We also had to take the oath of fidelity. Right. As well. And uh, which was nice. Just kind of different experience. Oath of Fidelity, for those of you that are listening, it's uh, so every uh, priest who is first ordained as a deacon. And then also each time he receives an assignment as a pastor, mm-hmm. has to renew his Oath of Fidelity. Um, some pretty interesting stories about Oaths of Fidelity. But essentially you just read the creed and then um, also just and, and make an affirmation as well as everything that the church teaches in the areas of faith and morals that you adhere to them personally, and that you uh, strive to teach them and express them in their fullness. So just <laughs> adhere to them personally. So it's not just, okay, I'll make sure that publicly I teach what the church teaches, um, but even <coughs> that, that even personally, sort of in your heart, so to speak, that you Striving adhere. for that adherence. Right. Not perfectly adhering, but striving, because right. none of us is perfect. Absolutely. The, um, uh, so I remember that, and actually ties into... In the ordination uh, as a deacon, one of my favorite lines from that is uh, when you're entrusted with the book of the Gospels, and the bishop will say to you, uh, receive the gospel of Christ, whose herald you have become. Mm -hmm. Uh, Believe what you read, teach what you believe, and practice what you teach. Mm -hmm. And so kind of filling in in that that area, which is, it's it's a beautiful uh, command. It's kind of one of the, maybe a visual high point uh, a lot of visual high points in an ordination, in the ordination ritual, but that, of course, one of them where you're... And is that is that before or after the laying on of hands? That's before? after. That's after. So, so you have been ordained a deacon. You have been ordained a deacon then, and then he entrusts you okay. as, and there's that active, that entrusting with, um, as being the, the herald of the Gospels. Okay. I'm not sure who herald is, but <laughs> I'm herald. Whoever he is, that's you. Yes, I am he. That man is you. <laughs> that man is you. Uh, so, uh, Diaconate Ordination, that one. Um, 
Okay, so but let's let's be serious here. You're a seminarian, um, discerning the priesthood. Mm-hmm. I mean, transitional diaconate, really? Who cares? Uh, vow of celibacy, promise of celibacy. <laughs> no, but I mean, talk a little bit about that. I mean, how? I mean, how is it that you? <laughs> you're right. So the promises—that's a great way. But any other ways where to drive home? Because I mean, I think some people looking at it. Mm. Okay, they're ordained to a, the mm. diaconate for a year. Right. I mean, kind of. What's the point? I mean, well, why? You, but I'm still a deacon. I still have, I mean, the characters of diaconal what do you mean? ordination. What, what does that mean? What do you mean? Well, no, you're so, a priest. You're not a deacon. You're a priest. Right. But I still have the uh, characteristics, responsibilities of my ordination as a deacon. Uh, and as the baptized, for that matter. Right. It envelops as, you, as you're ordained successively, so to speak. It's a Ponzi scheme. <laughs> the higher in the pyramid you go. Uh, but you don't abandon or leave behind any of the other... Baptism, no, deacon, no. priesthood. So you never leave behind your baptismal promises. You never leave behind your diaconal promises. If a priest is ordained a bishop, he never leaves behind his priestly promises, but they build upon top of Because, of course, the, epis- the episcopacy is the fullness of uh, the priesthood. Just on the fifth Sunday of uh, Easter, which was our last Sunday, but on the fifth Sunday of Easter, we had the reading from Acts chapter 7, right. and the selection of the seven worthy men uh, to be deacons for the church in Jerusalem. Right. And so they gave a share of their uh, priestly authority, a share of their apostolicity, the fact that they were sent by Jesus in his name, the same mission he received from the Father. So they give a share of that uh, to the deacons. Okay. And so, uh, so it builds up in that way. So it is very important in that sense and something that's worthy of celebration. It's not just, oh, okay, yippee ki you know, we, we got the diaconate ordination. Now it's really, oh, it's really the priestly ordination. <laughs> um, and actually, uh, the archbishop uh, who was at my seminary, or who my seminary was under his authority, I should say, the archbishop, um, he was very uh, clear on that with us as priests. He said, now just remember, you know, you're a deacon and you're a deacon to serve. And part of the name deacon in some ways means servant mm-hmm. uh, and it's Greek roots. And he says, now, don't forget you're still a deacon, mm. even though you're a priest. Mm. So don't forget you're supposed to serve and help the bishop. <laughs> uh, <laughs> maybe seeking some from some ex- personal experiences of uh, some discord amongst his, I don't know. Sure. Uh, I don't know. Anyways. Um, hypothetically. Hypothetically speaking. So, yeah. Okay. So that's, that's the diac, that was your experience. So, so talk a little bit now about your ordination to the priesthood. Ordination to the priesthood then was, of course, uh, one year later. Oddly enough. The end, no. <laughs> June 2nd, uh, 2006. Um, again, I, and I, I was kind of asking myself those same questions again about the month leading up to it. Okay, mm-hmm. now you're about to be ordained as a priest. Is that you know, really what you want to do? You know? Okay, but you, know, you mentioned how leading up to your diaconal, I mean, so you, at this point, now leading up to the priesthood, you've already made those, the two promises. Right. So... Now, in a certain sense, it is easier for a deacon to be released from his promises, right. a priest, according to the church and canon law, and just the movement of seminarians right. in that sense. Um, but And I'd never had doubt, like specific doubt. I mean, but it's just in my own desire to be real mm-hmm. about things and not wanting to just sleep through them, mm-hmm. if you will. Um, I just kind of always kept bringing that to, okay, so, okay, good. You know, just, is this what I want? Yes. Okay. Right. Kind of keep going in that way. Okay. Uh, does that make sense? Yep. Beforehand, though, it was interesting. I was ordained with uh, uh, Father David Axman, who's up at Webster Wabe right now. And Father David Axman is 60-some years old. And uh, he's, a, he's a 
second vocation, you would call it. Uh, he's a, a widower. Uh, his wife passed away uh, about, I believe, 10 years before we were ordained. In fact, we sat in the same studio recording uh, something for uh, a radio broadcast. Mm. He, he brought that up. That was almost 10 years exactly uh, from when his wife died to when he was ordained. And uh, he actually has a son who's a priest in our diocese. Right. So it's kind of different. His son vested him. And, um, but leading up to it, like, so, like, you know, picking out music or things like that and, like, you know, questions for stuff. And so I'd be calling up. And I'm like, hey, you know, what do you think about this? And he's like, I tell you, I just don't care. I'm just tickled pink and excited to be ordained. And so <laughs> you just do whatever you want. And, uh, okay. Uh, which, I mean, I was kind of like, come on, let's collaborate. Um, which is fine. But it's just kind of one of those things that sticks out in my mind. Uh, the actual ordination itself, um, you know, it's kind of fun because, like, you go in and, like, uh, you go in with all the deacons because you are a... Deacon. deacon. Yes. So you go in with the deacons. <laughs> and, but you, like, sit in the pew, like, with your family. Okay. And uh, like, the priests are falling in. They're kind of, like, punching you in the arm or stuff like that and, like, making some silly comments or faces at you and... I don't know if there's anything quite as irreverent as a group of priests. But anyways, and I say that lovingly. And group of bishops, reverence. maybe? I don't... I don't. Well, yeah, who knows? Um, <laughs> I've never been around a group of bishops in that way. I don't know if I want to. It's kind of scary. Um, so, but, uh, so they call us, you know, the, they present the candidates. Uh, they, they call you to come forward. So we step forward, Deacon Dave and I. And then uh, we sit down in a front pew uh, during the homily. And Bishop Aquila's homily. What can I say about Bishop Aquila's homily? I can say so many things. But the main thing I can say about Bishop Aquila's homily is that the only thing I really remember about it is that he preached against polka masses. Really? Yes. He preached against polka masses. And I don't know what that was about, what was going on, whether you heard rumors that uh, Father Dave and myself were uh, really desirous <laughs> of celebrating many, uh, a multiplicity of polka masses. Uh, but, uh, so yes. And I, I, I love Bishop Aquila and, uh, I've, I've told him this too, that that's my only memory of his homily. And so he's aware of this. Uh, and, uh, so we're sitting there and I'm just like, I had the oddest feeling as I was sitting there because I just felt great peace Ooh. sitting there in the during the homily. And so I just kind of go into my heart a little bit and just start praying. Um, just, okay, what's, what's going on with this? You know, cause I'm just kind of like, all right, there's. 900 people or whatever it is in the cathedral kind of all watching us, kind of wondering, you know, who are these guys going to be? You know, are they going right. to be good men? Are they going to be jerks? What are they? Um, and then, like, looking over and, like, right, you know, to my right in the north transept of our cathedral is, you know, a hundred-some priests, you know, who are all sitting there and, like, watching you and, like, what kind of priest is he going to be? Is he going to be a jerk? You know, is he going to be a brother to us? What's he going right. to He's going to cause more work for me and my parish? <laughs> right? You know, all these real questions maybe going on. I just felt this great peace. Hmm. And so I'm like, okay, Lord, what is this? What am I feeling? And uh, of all the images that came to my mind, uh, my mind is kind of drawn to the end of the Lord of the Rings. Okay. The very end of the Lord of the Rings. where And, and the book, not the movie, um, but the book where uh, Samwise Gamgee, uh, I'm a big nerd, um, <laughs> Samwise Gamgee has gone and done all these things you know and he's gone into Mordor and all these things and, and kind of the mystery of and the movies really don't capture this but the mystery is that for the hobbits the real point of what they were doing wasn't so much to put the ring into fiery Mount Doom 
the real point was to prepare them to go back to the Shire and save the Shire. Right. And uh, maybe just – and I was also, by the way, in uh, full disclosure, was reading for rec- recreation during the month of May, The Lord of the Rings. Okay. So it was kind on of your mind. And uh, – but, you know, I'd gone up in the mountains. I was out in Denver, you know, sent this seminary and been this way far away from my home in that sense. And now I was coming back Ooh. to eastern South Dakota to my home where my heart is in many ways. And um, – just this real sense of peace, and the, and and but not just about the location, but about the priesthood, hmm. is that I was finally going to get home, hmm. if that makes sense. Yeah, and because there's this scene in the book uh, where Samwise has gone and dropped off Frodo to go into the West with the elves, and uh, and he comes back and he sits down and his wife gives him his child into his arms, and he sighs and says, "Well, I'm back." You know, like kind of like now he's fully here and he's fully going to be about uh, the Shire in right. that sense. And I just feel like I can really fully be about priesthood. I can really fully be about South Dakota and the strange, odd mission that God called me to, you know, and starting all the way when I was a sophomore in college at Southwest State University in Marshall. Um, what he's called me to, I'm now able to to live in that sense. Hmm. And just great peace and joy in my heart from that moment on. And that's really coming the the abiding uh, experience of my ordination in that way. Now, I, I remember other details, too, and we can talk about those. But that was really at the heart of that. Wow. Well, anything you want to? No, that, no I, I, I'm, well, yeah. <laughs> I'm speechless in a good way. I mean, mark that's, it down, that's dear a, listeners. That's a, <laughs> mark it down. <laughs> that's a beautiful image. I mean, and, and yeah. for... So you weren't paying attention to the homily, just to be no, clear. Okay. No, and I, and, I, and, and I have told His Excellency about that. I have told His Excellency about that. And so, and I mean, he he definitely appreciates that, and he can uh, as, and I believe it was. I mean, I believe it was genuine prayer, and definitely a word right. from our Lord. Absolutely. Uh, in that way, and um, Bishop McQuill very supportive of that, and so. Uh, so part of the ordination is the the candidates lay prostrate during the mm-hmm. uh, litany of the saints. Is that after the homily? That's, that's after the homily. After yep. the homily. So what's that like? You, you do that twice during the yep. diaconal and the priestly ordinations. <laughs> <laughs> the carpet smells. No. Um, I don't remember. I don't remember so, much of anything just, about it. Just, Except that it seems like it goes much faster when you're laying prostrate than it does when you're kneeling or standing in the really? congregation. Yes, and amongst the people. So just to be clear, so during the the rite of ordination, um, the the ordinandi, those to be ordained, lay flat on their stomachs, yep. um, supplicating divine assistance through our Lord Jesus Christ, the Blessed Trinity. Uh, and angels as well and as saints. the communion of uh, angels and saints. Right, and 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 during this time. Now, so are, do you pray the responses? You know, uh, pray for I us. I don't remember if I did or didn't. Are, are, are the ordinandi intended to? Or I, mean, uh, I was not instructed on that matter. That's okay. a lacuna in my formation. A lacuna. You better fill that in. Yes. Um, so certainly, though, that, I mean, the, the congregation. Is, is, is praying the litany of the Very saints so. with the... And bonus, uh, during the Easter season, <clears throat> you get to stand. So oh, really? I've never been to ordinations for the most part be- outside the Easter season. Really? During the Easter season, you stand during the litany. 
Really? Yes. So our ordinations this Thursday are during the Easter season, obviously, so they'll be really Or if it's on a solemnity or a Sunday, you would stand. Interesting. Now, on August 4th, when we ordain, uh, God willing, five men to the priesthood Ooh. and the God willing reopened uh, St. Joseph's <laughs> Cathedral. Uh, I hope he does. We'll be kneeling. Huh? We'll be kneeling. As opposed to? At that litany. As opposed to standing. Oh, right. Because it's not true. August 4th is not the Easter season. And yes, 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 yes. while the Feast of St. John Vianney is noble and eminable in and of itself, not a it solemnity. is not a solemn feast. Very good. Except for maybe in ours. I've never asked. But if he's a patron saint of parish priests, wouldn't that be a patronal feast day for every priest? So wouldn't that be a solemnity? No. No. Nice try, though. Um, so, okay, so there's the prostration. And so then. Prostrate. Now, th- and that comes after the promises. Okay. So you make the promises between the promise of obedience. And interesting to note, dear listeners, when a man is ordained a priest, he does not repeat his vow of celibacy, but he does repeat his vow of obedience. Hmm. Now, most of our minds, which vow is probably the harder one to live? Celibacy. Celibacy. In practice, what does the church tell us is the harder vow to live? You tell me. <laughs> obedience. Blessed and holy obedience. So talk a little bit about that. What I mean... What, what do you, I mean, you're, you right now, your assignment is the um, Newman Center mm-hmm. at SDSU and the parish in white. That's correct. Well, it's not like you can just, hey, see ya, bye-bye. I mean, wh- how is obedience hard? I mean, for well, a priest. But I mean, it's, it's, it's also about try, desiring to share the vision of your bishop. Okay. Uh, it's that's, not just a matter yeah. of sheer orders, command. Yes, sir. No, sir. Yes, sir. How many? You know? But uh, it really is a matter of sharing that his vision for the diocese. Right. And for you, and how your parish fits into the diocese as a whole, and how your diocese fits in with the universal church, hmm. as your bishop desires to be in union with and obedience to the Holy Father in Rome. If I recall correctly, Bishop Swain's uh, homily at Chrism Mass this year kind of wrote, focused on that, right? You're right on the nose. Right on the nose. I, I thought that was Pinocchio. Your gesture to your nose, maybe it was lying. I, I was trying oh, right not to. Right on the lie. nose. Gotcha. Okay. To the innocent, all things are innocent, Doctor Bowie. <laughs> well, I don't know why it always has to be about lying. <laughs> Uh, so you make your promises, okay. and uh, and by the way, as, as our rector would point out at the seminary, uh, it's not just obedience; it's respect and obedience mm-hmm. to your bishop and to and to his successors, right? As well, so it's really to the diocese in that sense, as incorporated in the bishop or personified in the bishop. Okay. Okay. It's really to the life of that diocese, right? I mean, but what to, to, to the it's. To the man first, though, whoever happens to be well, in the Catholic inca- it's always incarnate in the bishop in that sense. But really, the bishop in that way represents the diocese. And, what's, and the bishop should always be doing and ordering what's best for the diocese. Absolutely. And you, since it's your bishop and his successor, so it's not to the, person, it's not to the personality right. of your bishop or the personableness of your bishop or the bishop you like. It's to the bishop. You have. It's really to the, and also maybe in that sense to the cathedra right. of the diocese. Right. In that sense, and the bishop, as long as he is that responsible for that right. cathedra. I would imagine, now, I, along this, I guess there's a question here for you. Um, I know some, some men um, are just called to the priesthood, and who the bishop is as they are growing up, going through formation, in a sense, is irrelevant, so to speak, in terms of personality. I know other men who, who very much are attracted by a particular bishop or bishops as they're growing up or going through formation. Can you talk a little bit about that in your own? My own experience is I, I was definitely one of just, uh, it's kind of um, darn the torpedoes 
uh, torpedoes full speed ahead. I think God wants me to be a priest. Where? Well, why not home? And because I was going to school in different dioceses at the time I was called, and so it wasn't so much, well, should I go here or there? It was, well, I'm going home. Right. I mean, why, why wouldn't I go home? Um, and I even know some men, I, I know of a man uh, in the seminary I went to school with, now a fine priest, who was studying for one diocese and switched to his home diocese. Mm. Just because that was part of his discernment. He was really called and sensed by the person and the personality of the bishop of the diocese he was going to school in. Mm. And, but just said, you know, I really need to be a priest in my home diocese. But even apart from so even but if, if within those who are ordained in their home diocese, some are attracted to the priesthood because of their, their bishop. bishop. Some are just drawn to it because that's they're drawn to the priesthood. God talking to them. Right. Oh, definitely, definitely, without a doubt. So, and so for some of them, it could be tougher time when a bishop leaves sure. or retires or dies. Um, and so. So what about for you? Was it was it a call to the priesthood or was it was that really Christian? No, it was a call to be a priest, yeah. It wasn't necessarily through the particular bishop. No, okay. I thought I said that. I apologize. Uh, that's fine. I, I apologize you to your listeners for being unclear. Thank you. Thank you. Maybe because I was too soft. Maybe. The effective <laughs> okay. whisper. Okay. So Messing you make the these promises on. to the bishop and his successors. Yes. Then we'll... And the other promises. Then you lay uh, prost, uh, prostrate on the ground. And uh, there was an error once in a ordination program, but that's the story for another day. Uh, so you lay prostrate on the ground and they pray, uh, beseeching Almighty, beautiful introductory prayers, beseeching Almighty God. And then after that, um, is for beseech Almighty God for his assistance. And then after that is actual prayer of ordination. Mm. Uh, the individual laying on hands uh, by the bishop, by the college of priests. It's interesting, can celebrating bishops who might be there at the priest ordinations do not lay hands hmm. on the priests that are being ordained. Hmm. And then um, the bishop prays actual prayer of ordination, which is a beautiful historical scriptural prayer. Um, and then there's the little kind of explanatory rites after the actual ordination itself. Kind of like in baptism, you have right. the Easter can or the, Christ, the Easter candle, the baptismal candle, the white garment, the anointing with chrism. So here, you're anointed with chrism. Uh, in your hands, you're vested. I should say first, you're vested in the priestly garments. You're anointed with chrism. Um, you uh, receive the chalice and paten. There's a kiss of peace with the bishop and the uh, priests, and can celebrating bishops that are there can give the kiss of peace at that point as well, the fraternal embrace. Um, but yeah. Anything about uh, either the laying on of hands or the ordination prayer that you recall in a particular way? or uh, I was really worried about kneeling for that long. <laughs> <laughs> because, it, I mean, it depends on how many priests are there. It could be, uh, and if you have a lot of men being ordained. And Saturday I was at ordination in Denver, uh, and they had eight men ordained. Mm -hmm. You know, and so as you're going through, and, you know, you got uh, Father, uh, Father Super Pious, you know, who's going to, you know, because it, 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 the sign, like the, the ritual says, you know, it's just a sign. It's, 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 there's nothing like it's a beautiful Christian moment but it's not like effective of the ordination if the priest couldn't go lay hands it'd be okay right but like to go on like the be there for like a long time you know and then to the next person instead of just hands 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 if only you could see my gesture my perfect gesture it's <laughs> a perfect gesture <laughs> And so uh, this is an audio only podcast. Nah. Brother. <laughs> what are all these cameras for? Um, oh. And so, uh, but anyways, yes, uh, I was kind of worried about that, but it went through. And uh, I was actually a beautiful thing. I talked to someone. I was like, what did you pray for? 
uh, it's like another priest in our diocese. He said, well, I just pray that I could have a share in some of the best uh, gifts of ministry that each priest Ooh. of our diocese has. So whether it's administration. No, you mean this is somebody who is, re- as they're being, as hands are being laid yep. on them? Yep. That's, okay. that's what he's praying. Okay. And then, so now that's why I kind of pray. That's beautiful. It's like, dear God, if I have anything good in my priestly ministry, <laughs> give a share of it or all of it uh, to this man being ordained. Today. Beautiful. Yeah. Um, so remind me, uh, is it is it the bishop laying on hands or or does it, what's the essential rite? Is it at the laying on hands or does, is the prayer that comes later? Do you recall? I don't know if the church makes a difference between the two. So in a sense, but if that's the case, then you have to, it's only really, okay, we could say definitively that when, once the prayer is made, then you are ordained. Whether or not you are ordained, whether or not you are uh, ontologically conformed to Christ, the head, prior to the prayer, after laying of hands, is maybe up for grabs? I, I don't know what enough to say. I just okay. don't know if the church really makes a difference if, between the two actions. I would think they consider them one and the same. One and the same, yeah. which therefore, yeah, so both are necessary. Yep. Okay. I, I'd forgotten, uh, to be honest, that the, uh, the, 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 the priest's land of hands comes at, before the prayer of ordination. Yes. yes, you are correct. Interesting. Okay. Anything else, Father, that you recall? Big party afterwards? I don't know. <laughs> uh, so maybe something else fun. Uh, two things fun. First of all, I had started this, I think, the year or two years prior to that where I arranged uh, for um, seminarians to, to put one seminarian with each guy that was ordained to okay. kind of just be their attendant. Oh, yeah. Because yeah. you get a lot of people coming for first blessings, yep. things like that, uh, which is very beautiful, very beautiful display of faith, and to receive uh, the uh, available indulgence for your yep. bless- first blessing of a priest. And So that's just uh, plenary indulgences you can receive. You re- we're professionals here at Prayer Room. Yes, we are. The When a priest is newly ordained, what's the time frame? Do you know, by the way? First year? And is it ambiguous? I, I'd have to consult the Encardian. Um, he, he, you, if, you are, if you receive a blessing from a newly ordained priest, uh, it's a plenary indulgence that you receive. If you can satisfy the requirements. The other indulgence. regular requirements. A plenary indulgence is available to you yes. after you've received the for a blessing of a newly ordained priest. Yes. How about that? That sounds good. Okay. Well said. Uh, didn't even study canon law and I'm nailing this language. <sighs> Anyways, uh, so uh, so doing that and, but just to have a guy there, which is kind of just nice to like bring you a water bottle. Hey, I'm hungry. Right. Unfortunately, I didn't go ask for any food until like the end and they'd run out of the good food. It's kind of the reverse of the wedding feast of Cana. And so they had this like really nice food. Like the diocese does a really great job. Like this really nice food, and like they had like like the old tough food at the end. I was like, oh, okay. So I was so hungry. Um, what a good way to begin your priesthood. Yeah, I didn't really offer it up, so I don't oh, think I gained any spiritual God. benefit there. Uh, and then the other thing was uh, my brother very nicely, um, my older brother, my only brother, my only sibling, uh, asked for my keys to go load up things in my car. Certainly. And then I get out to my car and actually arranged that the seminary who's with me, is, his name, he's now Deacon Christopher Cowles, soon to be God willing, Father Christopher Cowles, but a fellow Yang tonight. I arranged for him to drive me home nice. in my car, which I thought was a great idea. Yeah. But so we go out to my car and it's kind of like, it's kind of a ghost town in there. I'm going to catch up with my family who's already back in Yankton and my car has been decorated. Yes. I didn't know this, but I wonder if this is where this is going. Yeah. Yeah. So my brother and my brother, my brother for some reason thinks that I decorated his car at his wedding and I didn't. I laughed when I saw it because it was great. <laughs> Um, but like he like put like stuff on there like honk if you want to bless just ordained honk for a blessing <laughs> um, things like that uh, just 
kind of some neat stuff on the car. And I was like, ah, just drive. <laughs> I'm tired. Just drive. And so my brother was very proud of it. Did many people honk at you guys? Uh, no. It's too no. false. Oh. <laughs> Wow. I will never be assigned to a parish in Sioux Falls now. Yes, no, My yeah. plan is coming it's together. It's the Diocese of Sioux Falls. Yes, it is. Not yes, Yankton. No, I, I, I don't think it's the Diocese of Yankton. Okay, just making sure. And so. All right. Uh, but yeah, so there you go. Very good. My ordination day. Your ordination day. Days. Which is really one day, though. Huh? Well, because it's June 2nd. Oh, yeah, 2010, 2000. Uh, no, 2005 Oops, and 2006. Five, <laughs> I think for Dr. Chris Bergwald's uh, <sighs> sake. We should about wrap that? this up. <laughs> hi <laughs> You are correct, sir. Yes, indeed. Thank you, Father, for sharing that with us. I, as I, I had said before, when I was... I want to ask you about your wedding day. Sorry. Topic. Well, yeah, I'd be happy to talk about our wedding That'd day. That'd be good. Especially the month of June. It was 104. Really? Like, oh but not gosh. right now. We can't talk about no, it. we can't talk about it now. Um, but I had asked Father, just to, we've talked about the priesthood sort of theologically um, in the last year, time or two. And practically. Uh, and practically. The day in the life of the priest. But I thought it might be uh, neat to hear experientially the uh, experience of somebody being ordained to the diaconate and the priesthood. So thank you for sharing that. Just with remember, us, young men, if you want to be ordained a priest... Don't say polka masses. Don't say polka masses. Very good. So we will be back next week with another episode of Prayer Room Companion. In the meantime, may God bless you.